whether you're watching, listening or reading this, welcome back to the Rumpen Earth vlog where we're on a mission to raise £1 million for children's charities by rum vlogging on consecutive days the distance of one lap around the world. It is a staggering 40,075 kilometres. It's going to take somewhere in the region of 11 years to accomplish, so plenty of time to raise that money. I'm going to commit to vlogging whilst running a minimum of five kilometres every day, and I'll even do it barefoot style. So for those regulars will know that I vlog about my passions, which are entrepreneurship and running, and most importantly, how these topics link together to help people overcome the emotions of stress, overwhelm, and anxiety by using exercise as a release mechanism. Now, it's a beautiful morning today. The sun is trying to come out, it's about seven degrees, and uh, there's not too much breeze, so lovely running conditions. And it is Wednesday Wellbeing today, where we talk about all things mindset and mental health and well-being. And today's topic is all about imposter syndrome and how to overcome it. So as always, please support the challenge by subscribing to the content and sharing and giving it a like. And let's get started. So, imposter syndrome. What is it? Well, firstly, 70% of people struggle with this, okay, which is an incredibly alarming statistic. And what imposter syndrome is, is a severe lack of confidence in our skills or abilities as people. And we find that we feel that we're <laughs> a fraud or we're not good at what, we, what we're portrayed to be good at, or we don't have the skills or expertise to, to um, be, be seen or perceived as somebody who's good at something. So it's a, it's a severe lack of confidence. It's, it's often linked with anxiety, and it's something that so many of us struggle with out there, and uh, myself included. You know, I'm, I'm happy to admit that I'm, I'm one of the 70% of you that constantly battles internally with the fact that, am I an imposter? You know, what am I doing? Am I fraudulent? Can I back this stuff up? And uh, there's, it's really, really difficult to overcome. And you know, there's different levels of this. And you know, in my experiences, I'm, I'm, I'm only very, I've only been kind of minimally influenced by this. I am, I am influenced by it absolutely. But I feel that through my understanding of, of mindset and mental health, I've managed to kind of condition myself to kind of come through it. But I certainly feel that if I didn't understand enough about this topic. I could have very easily slipped into, you know, a state of anxiety where I'm, it, would have, it, would, it would have stopped me being prepared to do this vlog. It would have stopped me being prepared to take on a new opportunity in business. It would stop me doing so many things in my life um, if you don't have the, the inner strength and ability to overcome this. And I think, you know, if I give you, give you some, uh, some examples of kind of how I've, I've experienced this over the years. Well, you know, when I started my young entrepreneurial career, I was in my early 20s, I got a corporate position in, the, uh, in, the, in a medical supplies business and I did that for 18 months purely to build up a bit of a, an income and some savings so I could get into property, that was my dream. So early 20s, I was in property full time, I think it, it may have been as early as 22, 23 that I, I became my own boss and I got educated in property, okay, I, I kind of um, learned the skills that I learned, the, the secrets of how you could grow a portfolio with little or no money, and I went out and executed it. But I didn't execute it all myself. 
I came across somebody who I went into business with at an early stage, and, it, and he was this super confident guy. Okay, he was amazing at open doors and amazing at building relationships. I was pretty good at it. I mean, I came from a sales background, but I was struggling with imposter syndrome. So I felt, well, who's going to want to talk to me? I haven't got any property or any experience, and that held me back. Whereas my business partner at the time just had the confidence to, to project this really confident persona that allowed him to build relationships and, and open doors that I probably wouldn't have been able to do based on my state of mind. So I felt in the early stages I was piggybacking the success of my business partner. Now, my strengths were always business related, building businesses, systems, processes, understanding how to set up and scale a business. That's what I had a business degree, you know, always interested in business, always reading up on it. So I had a good base knowledge to kind of take up that role. And, you know, lo and behold, between us and the systems and processes we built, we managed to build a portfolio up to 96 properties. Sounds pretty amazing, but it was far from it. I mean, we were doing a lot of creative strategies, purchasing properties with little or no money, okay, which was, okay, a success in itself. But the, the business model had so many flaws. We had properties all over the place. You know, some of them would be loss making, others would make money, so it would never be as profitable as, as you'd want out of a business of that size and scale. But because we had this vanity statistic, and because I was obviously a very young guy at the time, I was, I was gaining a reputation in the property circles as this, this next big shot, because I had so many houses at a young age. And um, people would come to me and say, oh, can you teach me this? And I just felt like a massive imposter, and I was always playing it down. And I felt I had nothing to add to people because just because we had 96 properties, we were still tight financially for a long period of time until we, we managed to, years down the road, where we managed to correct some of the inefficiencies in the business. But so that was kind of the chip on the shoulder that I had. I had lots of people coming to me and I just wasn't confident enough in any way, shape or form to kind of take those relationships to the next level, which I'm sure would have been so beneficial to me in my young career at the time. And uh, it's only when I did a lot of reading up on more mindset stuff, at the, at the age, the early ages, I was more, I didn't really understand the power of the mind and mindset and how it kind of worked. I saw it more as something that was quite fluffy. I was very tangible, I was very, you know, logic based. And uh, so I didn't really look into much mindset stuff. And eventually I realized that I needed to understand kind of what my feelings and emotions are going through and how I could overcome them. So I've read up a lot on this type of stuff, on the power of the mind, you know, understanding, getting a good understanding of, of, of my mind, how I can help push through these barriers that I faced. And also to understand how different people's perceptions is just a perception. And, it's, and you need to understand that. And I think that was really, really important to understand because what I, I read a book about, they use this analogy of, of dots and connecting the dots. So any topic in anywhere in the world is just full of dots, okay? So you can look at a, a piece of paper and it can be millions of dots on it, which is little portions of knowledge around that associated topics. And think of yourself as, if you understand a bit about that, there's a few connections between the dots that you've got. It's like a dot to dot puzzle. And the more you learn about it, the more dots you have connected. But what you have to understand is that in most instances, when you talk about a relatively niche subject, the vast majority of the people you're talking to won't have any of those dots connected. So your knowledge and expertise, you might class, you might not class yourself as an expert because you haven't got maybe 60, 70% of the dots connected. 
like what you perceive a true expert to be. But you've got probably 60 or 70%, probably even more, more than who you're speaking to. So in that analogy, you are an expert. To them, you are far, have far more expertise in that topic than they do. So that positions you in a position where you're not an imposter. You're not, you shouldn't have imposter syndrome because you have a lot of value if you talk about that topic more so than the person you're speaking with has. Okay, and, and that will be portrayed. You should say it with confidence. Now that's not to say you blag and that if there's questions that are asked that in areas where your dots aren't connected, don't blag, just be honest. But people will still respect you and understand that well, this is a guy who knows his stuff in this industry or this topic. And do you know what? He didn't know that, but he's going to go and look into that and find out for me. Because then that's helping you evolve your knowledge and, and expertise. So that was a real kind of epiphany or an aha moment to kind of overcome this. That, that yes, I vlog about a variety of topics. And am I the best expert in each and every one of these fields? No, I'm not. Okay, but I've done huge amounts of reading and investigation. I'm, I mean, I'm a student of this stuff. I love it. So I can genuinely say, yes, I am an expert in this. Okay, there'll be people with a higher level of expertise, but compared, it's all, it's all relevant, isn't it? Compared to most people who watch my content, I'm far more knowledgeable about these topics than they are. And hopefully the knowledge that I've learned, I can kind of put my own spin on it, understand it, put my own kind of analogies and parable stories behind it, that will hopefully make it resonate with my audience and help them in some capacity. So for that, I'm absolutely not an imposter and I don't feel fraudulent in any way. I talk openly and honestly about my business ventures when they're going well, when they're not going so well. Okay, so I'm not someone standing next to a Lamborghini that I've got on finance that I'm paying an extortionate amount every month for, pretending that I'm this super heavy hitter. I'm not. I'm painting the picture of the real life story of a serial entrepreneur. I call myself a serial entrepreneur. I find I found myself thinking, is that makes me feel a bit of an imposter? Well, I run eight companies. So to me, the word serial, I've been entrepreneurial enough to start an individual company and I've done it eight times. So to me, that makes me a serial entrepreneur. And I call myself a running philanthropist. Okay, I've only raised 17,000 pounds for children's charities. Well, I say only. In comparison to so many people, that is a huge amount. Okay, my target is a million now. So I talk down upon that figure because the target I've set myself is so much higher. But that gives me the genuine right to call myself a running philanthropist. Okay, I run and I raise money by running and I put it to good cause. So I'm not an imposter in any way, shape or form. And I'm being quite passionate here because nobody's ever called me an imposter, I might add. But I'm so super cautious to make sure I stay squeaky clean and, and I don't word myself or position myself as anything that I'm not. I make it abundantly clear that I did have a portfolio of 96 properties, but through inefficiencies and inefficiencies and consolidation of debt, I have closer to 60 now than I did 96, okay? So I've reduced in a third of the size, but that doesn't make me any less of an imposter, sorry, any more, any more of an imposter, because I did have 96 properties and I've got the scars and the battle wounds that show that, okay? But now I have a portfolio that's a third reduced in size, yeah, far more profitable. So to me, that makes me, you know, less of an imposter and more of a, you know, somebody I can talk about this and teach people about that growing too big for the sake of it. I've, I've made that mistake. So I think hopefully this helps. This is just my story 
to how I've felt like an imposter over the years. And in actual fact, I've never been an imposter. I think the problem is, is that people's perception of you can often be very different, but that's their fault, okay? You haven't tried, unless you have, directly tried to make yourself be perceived as something you're not, that it's very different. But if you, if you haven't, and you've just been true to yourself, and somebody have this perception of you, people are gonna have a perception on who you are, okay? And then it's up to you whether you choose to correct those perceptions into your content. I choose to do that, because I don't want to be known for something that I'm not. Other people don't care and are quite happy with people kind of having perceptions on how they want. You know, I, I, I'm under no illusions. I, I believe I'm successful. But to some people, I'll be amazingly successful. But to other people, I'm, I'm, I'm far from being anywhere near to being successful. Okay, so it's all relative. But I'm successful because I'm closer to, to happiness than I've ever been. And that's the definition of success to me. You know, I earn enough money to do the things I want to do. I managed to have a family and I managed to have a very happy, stable family life where I can spend lots of time with my children and I have the ability to invest in my family's future. And that hits all of my tick boxes in the definition of happiness to me. So to me, that makes me super successful. Not quite super, but successful. Super successful will be in the next few years, hopefully, if anything goes to plan. So I hope this helps. So the summaries or why you should, hopefully what you should take from this episode is that you know people you can't control people's perceptions is number one number two is understand the dot analogy you know any field or industry is just full of dots the more connections you have the more knowledge you have in that field and nine times out of ten if you've spent some time learning something and you speak openly or publicly to strangers nine times out of ten your knowledge is going to be greater than theirs so you should feel like an expert now you're not an expert compared to somebody who's the highest level of expertise in that field, but to most you will be an expert, which is enough for you to not feel like an imposter. And I think that's really, really important. If you're just blagging stuff all the time, then that's very different. You are the definition of an imposter that's fraudulently stating you all these things that you're not. But if you have the integrity, then you should not have that fear of being an imposter. And you should be able to teach yourself to try and overcome these fears and put yourself out there. And the more you do it, confidence will come. And there's a confidence and competency <coughs> kind of cycle. You know, when you're building your confidence, your competency, competency levels will go up, okay? If your competence is low, your competence level will go down. <laughs> so it's, it's understanding that if you're confident, your level of competency in that field will increase. And if you want to develop, you have to find that inner strength to find your inner confidence. So I hope this is useful. As always, if you've got any questions on this, drop me a comment. I'll respond to everyone. If it's a bigger topic, I'll do a separate blog episode and tag you in. Do check the links in my bios where you can follow the challenge. You can find out how to support the challenge of raising a million pounds for children's charities by run blogging on consecutive days, a distance of one lap around the world. And uh, all I have to say is that the content I blog about, entrepreneurship and running, has always been how it links together with helping people overcome the emotions of stress, overwhelm and anxiety by using exercise, in my case, run blogging, as a release mechanism to kind of clear your head of the daily pressures in the form of stress, process what's going on, gain clarity, refocus and move on. Okay, if you don't have that release mechanism or that process of clearing your head, then those stresses very quickly will build up to overwhelm. And it's like the analogy of pressure building up in a pipe. 
if uh, you don't release the pressure when you get to overwhelm stage, you've got so much going on in your head. Okay, and quite often when people reach overwhelm, they almost have a seizure, procrastinate, struggle to know where to start. Very quickly, they drift into the realms of panic and anxiety, which are flirting with the edges of mental health issues. And in this example, the pipe will burst and you will have a mental health breakdown. Now, I've been there, I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. I've lost businesses because of this. I've lost business partners because of this. I've almost been bankrupt for these exact reasons. And there's no coincidence in the last year of doing this running blog, which is my release mechanism, I've made more progress in all facets of my life than I have done in the previous five years. So I hope there's enough social proof this stuff works. So my pledge to you, if someone's struggling with this, drop me a message, okay? The Run Printer blog is not for profit. It is all about value giving. Yes, we raise money via donations, but donations are always optional, never essential. So the content I provide is always free and the help I give is always for free. So drop me a message, we'll jump on a call, I'll give you a step-by-step guide on how we can get you back onto the right path and get you back towards your happiness and success goals. And uh, I know I can do this because I've helped hundreds of entrepreneurs and people over the years do exactly this. So uh, the Olive Branch is there if you need it and help is often for free. You just have to be prepared to ask for it. So take me up on that opportunity if you need it. So that's it for me today. I'll leave you with as always, stay positive, stay happy and I'll see you tomorrow.